Welcome to episode 400. We did it. I still belong in a straitjacket. Most of us, myself included, are trying to figure out how we made it here, but we made it, and I am so excited because in the past, we have done top episodes. We've done favorite moments, but today, today we break the fourth wall. All of you have been asking for me to come back and kick you in the shins, and so the only way to congruently do that was to kick myself in the shins with love and grace. And so on today's episode, we break down the fourth wall and we coach me. And I share my biggest lessons, takeaways from dark storms, things that I've been navigating and experiencing, and all the reminders that I am focusing on today, piece by piece, step by step, and why they matter. And I think why they matter to you as well as I will be sharing more of them. And so there's a lot of tears for me. Um, this one is very, very raw, uh, and vulnerable and open. And it is all of me. It is all of my heart, uh, my soul on my sleeve. And I just thank you in advance, um, for being here, for listening to this podcast, for supporting me and creating a community and a container that allows me to feel safe to hit record and share all of this, hoping that it will help you because it sure as shit helps me, and I appreciate and love every single one of you. So without further ado, let's get into episode 400. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms, and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today is a special episode. Today is episode 400. Holy moly. Now in the past, episode 100, 200, 300, we did some different things. We highlighted episodes from the past. We highlighted some of our favorite moments. And for episode 400, uh, we decided to do something a little bit different. And I thank my incredible team, Ashley, for this one, which will be talked about in today's episode. Uh, But for episode 400, I thought that I would share four of the biggest decisions that I've made, Uh, my thought process around them, my feelings around them, the lessons I've learned around them, and all of these are current right now. And so for episode 400, I wanted to break down the fourth wall. And we've been polling everybody a lot, and a lot of people have wanted to talk about mindset. And a lot of people have wanted to talk about consistency and journeys and a lot of things. And then the other day, everyone's like, we miss you kicking us in the shins. And boy, oh boy, um, I missed kicking myself in the shins. And today's episode is going to be a very, very big unveiling of the fourth wall of how I have been lovingly kicking myself in the shins every day and some of the lessons that I've learned. And so what I wanted to do to give ourselves some structure here, so when I start crying, (laughs) because it's coming, um, I have some structure to follow. And so there's four decisions that I've highlighted. There's four that I've brought out. There's four that I've called out. Uh, There's a business decision, uh, a personal decision, 
an emotional decision and a very deeply ingrained personal development decision. And I'm going to be telling you what the decision is, the story around it, my thought process, my feelings. And so just to bring everybody up to speed, here's where I am. I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. I am the healthiest. I have never loved myself more. And I'm also aware of how much more space is there. The, the things in my life have been coming with ease and grace when I've remembered and implemented a lot of the lessons that I talk about on this show. And even in what I'm sharing today has just been more of the same prescription that I've been writing to everybody else, which is there's no easy answer. There's not another way to slice it. It's always going to come back to us and the things that we choose. And it's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, lots of life changes, lots of, uh, lots of changes everywhere. Business changes, staff changes, life changes, relationship changes, um, God, business partnerships that are no longer here, friends and acquaintances and new ones and opportunities and rebrands and new businesses. And it's it's been a season. And it's so interesting because there was a point in my life, and this was most of my life, where when I would be hit with a season, a season of resistance, or let's call it a storm to stay congruent to the lighthouse, as much as I would be sad and tell everybody how much I hated it and how hard it was, there was a part of me that was lying because I was getting a payoff in the chaos. And the chaos that was created would give me an unlimited amount of things to go bite, to go work on, and then I would celebrate it. But I was biting those things and I was doing those things to avoid being by myself, to avoid being with myself and with my feelings. And so I was using the chaos I created to hide from processing the feelings. And I was just repeating the same behaviors over and over. And what's been so interesting is that on paper, the things that have shown up in my life for me, the things that have been reflected, the, the hard conversations, and I mean some very, very, very hard, hard conversations personally and in business, the difference now is that every part of my body has been craving ease and grace and simplicity. and. I'm no longer comfortable in the chaos. And it's been this stark reminder to get back to my baseline, to get back to my chop wood, carry water, to get back to the things that I teach and the things that I've taught myself. And the whole reason I started this company and Relationships Beats Algorithms was to make models for myself to hold me accountable to be the man and the entrepreneur that I wanted to be. And these models exist and I get to use them and use them frequently and use them daily and now use them again at a different level, but this from a place of ease and grace. And for those of you that are watching this, you may notice that I'm <laughs> especially slender. Um, and for somebody who has struggled with body image and weight issues uh, most of my life, emotional eating, hiding, what's so interesting about this time is that I didn't even realize I was losing the weight until all my clothes didn't fit. And I started looking at my behaviors in my days and my days were filled with consistency of my wedge of expectations. And I was still eating ice cream and still having sweets and enjoying myself. And I was moving my body and working out and feeling incredible. And so the level of ease in which it feels like now is incredible. 
And the other side of that is the level of practice and discipline to my practice required was where I was meeting a lot of resistance. And so today, uh, for episode 400, I just want to say this. Um, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that we're here. And I say we because I couldn't do this show without you. And I had a fear of launching this podcast for six or seven years, I think. I'd have to do the math. And I remember that starting line. And I remember when I said go. And I remember what it felt like. And and I knew I was going to keep going. But now to sit here and have this perspective to be 400 episodes in is one of my proudest accomplishments and achievements. And I was telling somebody the other day on a flight when I got stuck out of town. And they were like, well, what are you the most proud of in business and in life? And I have a lot of answers to that. But the number one answer I have is this podcast. And the one thing I can say about this podcast is that I've never hidden. And I've always been myself. And I've been honest to how I saw things in that moment. And oh boy, oh boy, have I grown a lot and do I see things differently and have I learned a lot and eaten a lot of humble pie, for sure. And I am so incredibly proud of myself that I just keep going because this podcast will go down in history as as my proudest, proudest achievement. I listen to it. I look at it with love. I can see the steps that I've taken. I can see the growth that I've made, and I can see all the growth ahead of me that excites me. But I am so incredibly proud of this, and I didn't want this big celebration. I didn't want this massive anything. I just wanted to be real from the heart that like this podcast is my home too. I miss it when I'm out of my studio. I read every comment. I see every tag on Instagram. I read all of your messages about how things works and the reminders, and then every one of you reminds me as to why we're doing this work, and we're a team, and and this podcast for me, it means everything to me. And so I'm incredibly proud of myself. I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything to be able to get us here. And uh, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. So I want to get into this because I want to talk about some of these decisions. And so the first one, uh, the first one is a business decision, and and I decided that I'm just going to go straight to the jugular here. And so, what was the decision? Well, this decision is recent. This decision is within the last 90 days, and um, and it's been a challenging decision. It was a challenging decision for me emotionally but not a hard decision. And the decision was simple. And it was that I wanted to ask and I needed to, and I got to ask for help. And so after the last event, um, things got tight in the business um, because I was putting blinders on and I was hiding in the long game and convincing myself that things were going to magically change without me doing anything. And so I was scared. I knew the writing was on the wall. I knew things had to change. I knew staff had to change, team had to change. But most importantly, I knew I had to change. Uh, 
And I had convinced myself that by avoiding certain things, uh, like looking at the numbers in the business, looking at cash flow, looking at pay, looking at expenses, by just ignoring those, I could then go fix it by making more and pretending it wasn't there. And it was this massive, massive shame cycle where I was behind my laptop, behind my phone, on airplanes, in hotel rooms, just ruminating back and forth and lying to myself. And I will never forget this. Uh, one of my dear friends, AJ Yeager, uh, we bumped into each other. We talked, we podcasted, and I asked him to come to the office so I could help him with some stuff. And at about halfway through, I realized that he was here more for me than he was for him. And I asked him for help. And I asked him for help everywhere. And it started by me breaking down in tears to him and saying, hey, man, I'm scared and I'm lost and I don't know what bite to take next. And the world in front of me felt insurmountable and the shame in my body was huge. I was convincing myself that I was a bad person, that I had failed as, as a father, that I had failed as a human, that I wasn't a good friend, that nobody was going to talk to me. Like I believed all of that because the pressure and the noise was so great. And I had just been sitting in it alone, convincing myself that I could get out of it. And then when people would ask me if I needed anything, I would say no, and I would hide in their work. I would help them because I had so much shame about saying, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I don't know anything at all whatsoever. And I looked at AJ and I was like, I need help. And he said, where? And I said, everywhere. And I made a rule that day that any person who showed up in my space, any of my friends, any of my colleagues, any people I met would know where I stand. And if they offered me any help, I would say yes and be completely open. And that day has forever changed my life because that was 90 days ago. And it felt so, so, so hard and easy to say at the same things, same time, so simple, but yet so difficult. And the level of clarity and self-love and forgiveness and I don't even know how to describe the love that I felt from being held and supported by all these incredible people that were around me the entire time just looking for an in and I was the one closing the door and I've just been blessed in the last 90 days by taking that lesson and saying hey I don't have all the answers I don't even want to pretend to have all the answers anymore. I was doing that because I was scared. I don't know. I want to learn. I want to be a student. The amount of incredible people in my life, the amount of beautiful human beings that exist around me blows my mind. And then that led me <laughs> to the second part, which was working through receiving and accepting all of this love. And that has probably been the biggest, biggest catalyst for me that this decision led to is that I allowed myself to be loved. I opened up that last bit and said, please, please, please come in. And these people have been here the whole time. They've been in my ecosystem. They've offered, they've offered, they've offered. 
but I was denying my own help because I was making it wrong. I was not taking my own advice. I was collecting evidence in the world around me and I was stacking it on my plate as to why I should go work more and work harder and suffer more. But all the work that I'd been doing over the previous years had worked and my muscle wouldn't allow myself to beat myself up anymore. It wouldn't allow myself to hide. And so I got to do the thing that I've been doing and teaching the longest, which was feel it all. And I got to feel it all in front of people that love me. And they each held me. And I will name them. AJ Yeager, Michelle Alderman, Mike Dillard, Victor, um, Ashley, uh, Scott, and Joni Jackson. Uh, and I, I can't name them all. They're showing up everywhere in my life. PJ, my team at Hotbox, Craig at High Speed Daddy, my team at Gel Blaster. And every day now I'm reminded that every moment I choose to not make myself wrong, but to celebrate that I've gotten here, to look backwards and focus on the gain that I've made instead of the gap and to focus on it and celebrate every bite to say, wow, look where you've come from. And then to say, wow, I've made it here and I'm really good at what I do. I'm good at customer journey. I'm good at this, but I'm never going to know it all. And it's always a team game. But in order for my team to be able to support me, I have to show up on the field open to receiving support and ready to play the game from a place of I've got this, not from a place of I've failed. And so I tell people to ask for help. I tell people to lean in. And I was the first one that was guilty when everything got hard. I hid. And I will tell you that me asking for help and me being open and me being able to sit with every situation that we are in, that I am in, everything is one of the secrets. And that decision for me, I'm having trouble (laughs) even describing the impact And I'm having trouble imagining a day where I don't openly ask for help anymore because I have never felt so loved by myself. I have never felt so seen by myself. And I have never felt so supported by myself. And so for me, that business decision 90 days ago will go down in history as one of my proudest, proudest decisions. And I can't wait for episode 800 or 1000 to look back and have many more. But that was it for me. That was it for the business. Number two, personal decision. Uh, This personal decision, uh, I can say, is the move to Montana. The move to Montana. And I, I don't get really any credit for this one whatsoever. I grew up relatively unsupported and feeling unsafe as a child, not safe places to live in between cars and basements and homeless at points. And I've always craved comfort, uh, but in a very, very unhealthy way to the point where when I would get comfort, I would then protect it with scarcity, like my life depended on it. Like I'll never forget when I bought my first home in 2008, I like wrote it down on a piece of paper and I was like, I will live in this home until the day that I die. And that's because I just had a home and it felt so good. And I paid $181,000 for that house. It was 1,100 square feet on a good day. And I was convinced I was going to live the rest of my life there. 
And that that commitment was from a place of fear. It was from a place of lack. It was from a place of, uh, I'm going to lose this. This is going to get taken away from me. And so that pattern in my life stuck. And it stuck when I got a family, when Lindsay and I got married, when we had kids. And, and Lindsay was always, let's invest, let's move, let's flip this property. And I was so, so, so resistant for many, many years, for many reasons. And it caused a lot of pain. Uh, it caused a lot of pleasure as well. Uh, we, we had wins, I had breakthroughs, but I'll never forget because we had been talking about moving and we were talking about doing it three years in the future. And that was always the plan. That was always the plan. And I will never forget, uh, Lindsay and Cheyenne took a trip to Montana and I got a phone call that said, we're moving and we're moving in three weeks. And I remember the feeling in my body. I immediately went into panic mode. I was in shutdown mode. This was post-COVID when business was really bad and really hard. And I was just starting to get my feet settled, my office. I felt like I was in momentum. And we basically made a commitment to move. And we were giving up everything, selling our real estate, and we were moving into rentals. And where we were moving, there was nowhere for us to live for more than a couple of weeks. There was no housing available, but we knew. We knew in our gut that this would be the right decision for our family, that this would be the right decision for our kids, for me, for Lindsay, for everything. And I mean, the shit was stacked. There was no schools. We couldn't get our daughter into school. We were moving in the middle of a school year. We were transferring corporations. We were selling real estate. We were moving everything into a trailer, putting it into storage. And we were basically moving somewhere where we knew nobody, sight unseen, for me, I'd never been to Montana, sight unknown, and then uh, starting over and starting fresh. And I look back now, and there is not one ounce of me that would ever consider not moving. And if you laid the path out, I would take it immediately. But at the time, it didn't feel so easy. And, and I remember there were hours and hours of conversation, and the conversation was a me about surrendering. It was always about me surrendering, just surrender, just trust, just surrender, just trust, just surrender, just trust. And I look back now and every single thing that I have now, this office, this studio, this, this podcast to where it is, the consulting, the customer journey, our events in Montana, like every single thing that I am currently sitting in is because that day I trusted. And I trusted people that I loved and cared about at the deepest level, which is my family. But there was a point in my life up until that point where even then I had trouble trusting because I didn't really trust myself. My fear that I convinced myself was, was that if we move, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be able to figure it out. I'm not going to be able to fix it. Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for this? And what shifted in me in the surrender, which I didn't catch until recently in perspective, but now I see very clearly, is that in that surrender, it allowed me to come back into my body to realize and remember some very important life lessons, especially some that I learned in the military, which is the environment around me doesn't dictate how I feel on the inside. How I feel on the inside dictates the environment that shows up around me. And one of the things that I loved about the Marine Corps is that we would make anything work out of nothing. We were resourceful. We were like scavengers. We were little rascals. We could make it work. And I had that mindset and I forgot about it. 
and I would apply it to certain areas. But then when it came to my emotions, when it came to my feelings, I wouldn't apply it there because I kept giving away my safety and my power to the world and thinking that everybody else controlled how I felt and it had to look a certain way. And so that move to Montana is literally the best thing I've ever done was saying yes. Road tripping four states over three, four days, three cars, moving snakes, horses, rentals, living in eight or nine places in a year and a half, having no office, a new office, switching offices. And I look back now and those stories are my favorite stories. Those moments have like the best smiles and memories in them. They have the most positive anchors for me and they've created the most results. And the reminder for me over and over again is that I'm in control of my response and my world and the world around me doesn't dictate what I can create. I truly believe that you could plot me in Anchorage, Alaska, and I could build a business. I could, you could plot me in New York City, I could build a business. But when my emotions were taking over and I was convincing myself that I was scared and that I couldn't do it and I didn't have it, I couldn't remember those things. And then I would make decisions and I would take actions that wouldn't support my future. They would create more pain. And that simple act of surrender and saying yes was me saying yes to a new game, was me saying yes to a new level that I'd not seen. It was me agreeing to somebody else's dream that stretched my paradigm and in the process grew me at an exponential level that I wouldn't have seen. It was like walking into a gym and seeing this master trainer and then having him walk by, give me a workout, and then eventually me seeing how strong it made me, even though I didn't think I could do it in that moment. And it's been beautiful because where it shows up now is over the years, I've relinquished my possessions. Things that used to matter to me didn't matter as much anymore. The cars, the houses, the things like that. And now I'm the happiest I've ever been with my Subaru Outback in nature in Montana, with my kids happy, Lindsay happy, I'm happy, and us working towards building a future that supports all of us came from that moment. And so for me, that move to Montana uh, represented a lot and it was a catalyst and it brought me to the place where I feel home. Like I literally feel like I belong here. When I am here, it feels like this is my place. I'm grounded, I'm in nature and, and I can't ever imagine this not being my home. And I also can look back and say that if it wasn't for Lindsay and Cheyenne, and their ability to stay committed to what they wanted and their vision and them holding it so true, I wouldn't have been able to borrow some of that confidence to surrender and have these lessons. And so I'm incredibly grateful and I'm reminded often that whatever shows up in my life is showing up only for me. It's also up to me to find the lesson in it. And when it shows up, there's that old wolf's quote in my bathroom, the Cherokee quote that I talk about all the time. There's two sides to it. If I look for the lesson and how this is happening for me, I'm going to find it. If I look at why this is happening to me, I'm also going to find it. And what I truly believe in my heart of hearts is that there's nothing that shows up in my life that isn't happening for me. And that moment is a constant reminder that even though I can't see it and even though I can't taste it, if I trust myself and I surrender knowing that no matter what situation 
arises that I will be able to find the next bite, that I will have the confidence or the clarity or the resiliency or whatever needed to know that this is up to me, that I can take it. And even if I can't see the results, even if I can't taste it yet, I know that when I answer the call, they're going to come. And so for me, that was the personal decision. The emotional decision, um, I'm going to tell you a story. And so a lot of you know, I wrote a book. Uh, I wrote a cookbook called The Paleo Kitchen. It was a 22-week New York Times bestseller. And what a lot of you don't know is that when we were writing that book, when we were selling that book, when I was on book tour, uh, was also not the best time in our personal life. Uh, Lindsay and I were not doing good. I was living with trauma and trauma responses, being disconnected and cold and emotionless. And we were on the rocks across the board. And uh, there came a point in our relationship where I was basically met with the reality of my choices. And I had made commitments via contract to a publisher to be on a book tour. And I'd made commitments to my family for me personally as a man to who I had to be to support my family and break generational trauma. And I was met with a, a choice. And that choice was, do I go on book tour, honor this contract because I'm scared of walking away from it, but not choose to go to the personal development course and the path for my family? Or do I go to the personal development course, cancel my book tour, not show up on my book tour and deal with the fallout? And right now, and even then, I would tell you that I would choose my family every single time. Given the situation that I was in financially and business-wise and all my wounds of people-pleasing and not wanting anybody to be mad at me and sacrificing my truth in the process the whole time, it didn't weigh on me as an easy decision. And so I called my publisher and I called my co-author and I was telling them and enrolling them and they didn't want to hear it. And they were like, nope, if you do this, you're screwed. You're breaking contract. You're fucking me over. You're doing boom. And on the other hand, if I didn't do it, I was going to walk away from my family. And I eventually got hit with the reality of the situation. And I was like, there is no choice here. The choice is my family. And I chose my family. And I walked into that personal development course and I didn't go on the rest of my book tour. I didn't go to the signings. I didn't go to anything. And I chose my family. And if I went back, I would do it again and again and again and again and again. But it wasn't easy. And what it required is that I knew my truth so deeply in my core that I was willing to stand in whatever resistance was going to come my way to protect that truth. And when it became to family and my blood and my children, I didn't know that at the time. I couldn't see that at the time, but I could taste it. And something in me knew that that was the path that I had to take. And that path is probably one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned in business. Because when something is out of alignment, when something doesn't work, it doesn't matter how many times I try to convince myself, no matter how many times I try to change it, no matter how many times I, 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 I ruminate back and forth, I have a deep knowing. And I will never lose if I always honor and protect that deep knowing. But if I ignore it, I'm guaranteed to cause pain in a whole lot of places. And the reason I share this lesson now is this lesson is still showing up for me today. And it just happened again 
a couple of months ago. And I made the decision to keep a commitment to go into a business, to help with business that I was questioning, that I was like, I don't know if I should do this still. I think I might change it, but I was scared of letting people down. I was scared of upsetting people. And so I did it anyways. And in the process, it all came true. And I was reminded of this lesson again. And for me, this emotional lesson, this lesson for me is choosing myself. It's being with myself and my feelings enough to really, really check in and know who I am and what I want and what I stand for. And if I don't, it's getting to the deepest level so that when I'm making decisions, that when I'm making choices, that they are aligned at the deepest level of my barometer to my values. And now I feel like the universe has said, George, you've learned these lessons a lot. So now if you forget one, we're going to remind you very abruptly and with a lot of pain. And I'm reminded instantly when I do business from my heart, when I do business from my values, when I do business from my alignment, everything works. The moment I make a concession for any of it, I suffer and everybody else suffers because I can see something different and I'm not willing to hold that space or stand it, stand in it. And so all of these lessons, just like I was sharing in the beginning, we're all hidden around this, hiding in the work, doing my work in other people's work or, or pretending to do my work in other people's work because I wasn't willing to be honest. And so I would have clarity in my voice. I would have clarity in my gut. I would have clarity in my heart, but then I wouldn't speak it. I wouldn't share it and I wouldn't hold myself accountable to it. And I would convince myself that I was, but there was a deep knowing that I was avoiding and sure as shit, every single time that symptom turned into a disease that caused massive amounts of pain. But if I had simply acknowledged the symptom or read it when it showed up and said, oh, yep, can't continue, everything would have been in alignment. The fear... The fear was being alone again. The fear was being by myself again. The fear was being with my emotions again because I didn't want to navigate them alone anymore, which is why my biggest takeaway today and the first one was asking for help. Because in that situation three months ago, the difference being is I'd already talked to AJ and PJ and so it happened and I caught it. And then I called both of them with an audio message in tears. And I was in shame. I was in failure. I was in look. And they both reflected and reminded me that I wasn't, that I just got onto a field I didn't want to play on anymore. And yeah, I made some mistakes. And now I can clean those up and then just not go play on that field anymore so that I can stay in alignment and in congruence. And so for me, that decision which also you guys have heard the story of Civilized Caveman, which is a very similar emotional-based decision, which is when I came back from ayahuasca and realized that the business that I had built was holding me back because I had built the business to keep me in my addictions, to keep me disconnected, to make it about the clout, to make it about the followers, to make it about the money. I remember when I had the clarity that I had to walk away and everybody said I shouldn't. And everyone's like, no, no, there's another way. There's another way. But there was a part of me that knew. And I got so deep in the knowing that I knew that I was willing to stand in whatever fallout was coming. And I would fix it because I knew at that core 
And that decision is another one of those decisions that's led me here. And so for me, the deepest part of the emotional decisions is having a relationship with your barometer and being willing to sit with it, to check in, to make sure that it's aligned at the deepest level so that everything I'm doing is in alignment with those beliefs and those values because it's the only way that anything in my life will actually work and stick. And so the fourth lesson today is about personal development. And this is where I'm going to kick myself in the shins. This is where I'm going to kick myself in the shins. This one summarizes down to me so simply, and that is show, don't tell. And I'm guilty of having the cobbler's kids with no shoes, myself included, the business, my life, my habits, my behaviors. And yeah, uh, I hold myself accountable to a high level. And if you looked on paper, my wedge of expectations, my behaviors, most people would check and be like, he's crushing. But for me, there was a level of integrity that was missing. And I don't know why, I don't know what happened, I don't know what shifted, but I've been consistently using our wedge of expectations since I created it. Every single day I use it. I do it, I check in with it, I do it. But there's a part of me that started doing it instead of being it. And I started checking the box instead of embodying the behaviors. And so it's like I started a running workout a year ago and I've gotten stronger, but I keep running at the same pace, expecting to get stronger. But the beautiful thing about this one, and I don't understand what actually shifted, I have some ideas, my environment being one, uh, my environmental design being one, the second one being telling my friends with no shame that I needed help and I could use some perspective and some coaching and some mindset help and some business help, that all of those things aligned me back in my full truth and I was able to start being with my wedge of expectations. I was able to start being with the things I was doing. I wasn't just checking the box. And I am not joking. I didn't even realize that I was in really good shape or shredded again until people started telling me. And it was kind of surprising for me because for literally 39 years of my life, I struggled with my relationship with food and my body. I would look at it. I would be upset about it. And this time, accidentally, without any training, without dieting, without even really thinking about it, but just following my body and doing my breath in the morning and really, really being with my breath and like feeling it in my heart, having Zach here and anchoring in breath in my body and then sticking to my stillness and then protecting that consistency everything just started to align and everything that I always wanted just accidentally showed up. But the reminder for me over and over and over and over and over again is that if I ever catch myself talking about the work and I'm not being it, I'm going to simply stop using words. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to start using my ears and then I'm going to get myself into action in the areas that I get to be in. And the reminders for me have been beautiful. It's simplicity over everything else. I was literally like, I don't know what to post with content. I'm, I'm stuck for ideas. I'm blank. And it was overwhelming. And then I was like, no, you're not. If you feel like saying something, just feel it. Who cares if it's a video? Who cares if it's a reel? Who cares if it's a live? Just say it. 
So I just started recording videos again when I felt like it. I felt like doing a breathwork video. I felt like doing a heart video. I felt like doing a mindset video. And magically enough, every time we post those, it works. And then it works for me as well. And so the reminder for me is the same thing I've been teaching to all of you and now holding myself accountable every single time. It's about chopping wood and carrying water. I'm not going to feel like doing breath work every day, or maybe I am, but either way, I'm going to do it. I might not want to be in the weeds of my email, but that's the path for me today to sharpen my axe, to chop wood and carry water. And that's a core function of my business. And the things that make these things work or don't work is my attitudes towards them. And I love my business. I love my life. I love every single ounce of it. I wasn't loving the level of accountability that I built in. And the resistance that I was having for the couple of months after March, after the event, was I was crystal clear on my future. I was crystal clear on who I was, who I wanted to be, and how I was going to get there. But the feeling in my body and the story I was telling myself in my brain (laughs) was that I don't know if I want to be that good of a man. And I knew that wasn't a real story um, whatsoever. I knew that was a fear. And that fear was my whole life wrapped up into one little bundle of scarcity. Fear that I couldn't. Uh, Fear that I was too selfish, that I wasn't confident enough, smart enough, that I wasn't willing to give that much to achieve something. And the more I sat with it and the longer I sat with it, it just kept coming back to the same place over and over and over again, which was it. It wasn't that I didn't want to be the man. It's that I was petrified of being that man because I convinced myself I had to do it alone and I didn't know all the ways to get there. And so when I shared my first business lesson today, I can't tell you the power of being seen for who you are at the core all the time. It's why I'm so obsessed about it at the events. It's why I try to be so open and honest about my feelings and my lessons Because when we are fully seen, when we are fully expressed in our truth, we can find those feelings, we can find that clarity, and then we can get the support to remove them. Because what I also understand is none of you are coming to build my business. None of you are coming to be a better father to Branson, a better friend, a better coach, a better employer, a better anything. None of you are coming to do that for me. Only I can do that. And I got so comfortable convincing myself that I was doing it, that I was thinking about all the times I was doing it rather than just doing it. And so the biggest lesson that I have learned, and the one that I'm going to keep reminding myself of over, 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 and over again, is that it's always going to come down to the simple things that I already have and I already know. They just need to be executed at a consistent, repeatable level and adjusted if needed. And the faster I can get myself back there to be fully seen, to say, hey, I need help today. Hey, I'm, I'm sad today. Hey, I can't figure this out. I'm working on this. Here's my behaviors. The faster I get myself there to be excited about those bites, to know 
and to love the fact that nobody is coming to feed me. No one is coming to put food on my table. None of you are going to put Branson to bed. None of you are going to fill his bucket. Only I can. And when I know that and I see that and I can sit with my feelings and be like, wow, it's okay to be scared of that. Yeah, I don't know how to be the best father because I never had one. But if I do these things and if I ask for help, I'm guaranteed to get better. That's exciting for me. And that's what I'm addicted to living in right now. Like that is it. Like that 400 episodes, like for me right now, more than anything, I feel like this, this episode, this number, number 400 is the conclusion of another book that will be written. But this episode is day one, like word one of the intro of a brand new book of a brand new season that I don't know what it's going to look like. I've been asking you guys what you want. And everybody keeps saying mindset. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to talk about customer journey anymore. And I've been telling everybody I don't want to be a personal development coach. Well, guess what? It's okay. If that's what shows up, I'm excited to bite it. If that's what you need, I'm excited to grab it. Because that's my path and that's my growth. Because this is my work. And I love doing this with you. Like I love being here. I love being raw. I love being open. I love talking about all of this because this is the stuff that matters. This is how we win. And so this episode for me, I'm stamping this flag in the ground as word one of a brand new book that I'm going to write in the next coming years. It just so happens that I turned 40 this year. So let's just stack it. And I invite you to do the same. For me, it's always going to boil down to am I in my heart, am I in my body, and am I in my truth? And if I'm living from that place, I know that I'm the only one who can build my vision. And if I can't find a bite, I'm going to ask for help. If there's decisions that feel out of alignment, I'm going to bring them into alignment. If there's conversations that get to be had, it's up to me to have them. These reminders keep coming back for me over and over and over again. And these decisions, I have so much evidence now to prove and support that every time I trusted it, every time I executed what was in today's podcast, every time I breathed into the feelings, I sat with the space, I asked for help when I didn't want to or when I was scared, every one of those moments was a catalyst for me. And they are a catalyst that it's created a world that I never thought that I would even have the ability to dream of, never mind live in. And it's only a small sliver of what's possible. This is an internal game that you never have to do alone. It's a team game. I'm on your team. You're on my team. But we can only see what's on the outside and what's happening on the field. The internal part is getting yourself to the field and showing up on that field as you are. And if you're a starting quarterback and you have a bum ankle, your team would prefer to know you have a bum ankle to help you navigate that and get the most out of you then pretend that you don't break your leg and never be able to play again. And for me, I think at the root of all of this, the core of this, relationships beating algorithms, holding myself accountable to what I've taught, the number one has been being so open with everybody about where I am, how I see the world, and the situations and the feelings that I'm having while carrying no shame, no fault, no blame whatsoever. And that is the most empowering feeling in the world. And the only way that I could describe it is freedom. And so that's how I wanted to celebrate episode 400 
was a 45-minute expose of the fourth wall being broken down of my emotions, of my feelings, of my lessons, and how fucking excited I am of the episodes to come and what we have coming on this show. And so I am going to ask for something. And this is only if you feel called. If anything I shared today resonated with you, um, my story, my parts, yours, your lessons, um, please take a minute to send me a DM uh, to me personally on Instagram. I would love to hear um, if it landed for you, if anything came up for you, how I can support you, how my team can support you. But I mean it for me. Uh, Newsflash, uh, my number one love language is words of affirmation. So I love them. But I've felt a lot of shame in my body in the last couple of months when it comes to business and I've been making up things in my head, like I'm failing you and nobody listens anymore. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And I know none of those things are true. They were all rumination evidence that was happening inside of this cyclical washing machine of hurricane bullshit that wasn't eradicated until I asked for help. Uh, But I mean this. More than anything in the world, what I care about is people. And I do this because this helps me and this makes my heart happy every day. Like I wake up with so much joy in my heart every day knowing that I get to talk to people like you and DM you and meet you at events and podcast and grow and learn. Like it's everything for me. And I don't ever want to be alone. I want a team around me forever and I want to be the guy that can either build a team or lead a team or come up with the idea of a team or part of a team. I don't care where I belong on the team, but I just know that you are on my team and I feel like you're my teammate uh, and I feel like I'm yours. And for me, that means more to me than anything. And I can't tell you how much your words, when you guys post, when you share, when you leave reviews on the show, I cannot tell you how much that fills my bucket. But I will tell you that my bucket has an unlimited fuel source because of it. And I genuinely love hearing from you. And so if you want to reach out, please do. It's an open door. It's an open invitation and know that it genuinely, genuinely fills my bucket. And so before we wrap the show in true fashion, and just to honor everybody who's helped me, uh, that will continue to help me. And, and I will owe an episode to every single one of them. Uh, I'm going to end this with just two really, really beautiful breaths because Zach Halford's been in the office. We have breath work with him. He's done it with all of us. And he has been texting me and anchoring me. And he even just texted me during this show. So it'll be nice that I'm talking about him. And I'm telling you this because when he was in my office and we were doing breath work, whether you were on it or not, and if you weren't, shoot us a DM that says breath work and we will send it to you. We will support you. Him in my presence in two breaths made me feel more love and more joy in my body than I'd ever felt before. And I finally got what it meant when it said you can have this feeling whenever you want it. And now when I sit in this chair and many other chairs, I can find that feeling almost instantly. And so I'm going to close my eyes in a minute. If you're driving, do not do this, but when you stop. But all I want you to do today is to find space to take five to ten intentional breaths into your body, into your heart, into your lungs, into your soul to breathe life and love and to feel that energy, to feel that life force that is inside of you. And the way that you do this, and Zach will tell you this on video, uh, but it is an inhale through the mouth where you fill your belly and then you fill your chest to a full inhale 
could be a natural pace, right? Let's say five to six seconds. And then the exhale is just a natural, let it all the way out. And then you recycle and start again. I want you to do that at least five to 10 times when you do this. I'm going to do two of them for me before I wrap the show. And I just decided that I'm not hiding anymore. And that's what this whole show is about. Me not hiding. I'm here. I'm out. I do breath work. I'm woo. I don't have all the answers. I'm figuring it out, but I'm going to keep going and I'm going to document the process. I'm going to share everything I learned. And this is it. This is it. And this breath is important and it's critical. It's crucial and it's powerful. And so for me, that's my invitation because breath matters. And I think you should do it every single day. And so here we go. I'm just going to do two quick ones and then we're going to wrap the show. It even makes me smile bigger. That's what I got for episode 400 of the Mind of George show. We did it. We've made it to 400. Somebody tell me how many episodes we're going to have because I need to know how much more I get to keep going. But either way, I'm excited. We are getting back to regularly scheduled programming. If you haven't gotten an event ticket, get your booty to the event mindofgeorge.com slash event. But this is episode 400. This is a celebration. I'm excited. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So you'll either see me in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.